Our text is in uh, Isaiah chapter 1, and we're reading verses 7 through 9, Isaiah chapter 1, and we'll read verses 7 through 9. And so, looking forward to a good night tonight. Uh, Brother Randy Osborne is preaching tonight. Now, we call it an, an extended You Ought to Know night because uh, he's going to hit something that you really need to be aware of. I, we have discussed uh, a couple of times now in the last week or so uh, what he's going to be preaching on. And, uh, well, I hope all of you are here to hear that. I, I don't want you to miss that. Uh, Randy always has something for us, and I, I think all of us need this that he's going to hit tonight with. So don't miss hearing Brother Randy Osborne in the services tonight. Okay, in our text now, uh, Isaiah chapter 1 uh, and verses 7 through 9. Your country is desolate. Your cities are burned with fire. Your land, strangers devour it in your presence. And it is desolate, overthrown by strangers. And the daughter of Zion is left as a cottage in a vineyard, as a lodge in the garden of cucumbers, a besieged city. Well, a lodge, a cottage, those aren't the places that you expect them to be centered. And yet that's saying something about the condition that the country has become. Except the Lord of hosts had left unto us a very small remnant. We should have been as Sodom, and we should have been like unto Gomorrah. Well, let's have a word of prayer. Father, as we go into your word today, I thank you this book of Isaiah. 2,700 years ago, you gave that man of God these words. You breathed out every word for him to write down. And it's still, it's still apropos for our day. And so, Father, I pray that you would help us to learn the message that in that day, Israel didn't really learn. And they lost it all. So, Lord, help us to have the wisdom to hear what you have to say today to us through the Word of God. If there's one without Christ in here today or watching by live stream or listening by radio, may they too, if they be without Christ, come to you. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. You know, we look at our country and reading those first few verses there, talk about the cities burning and nobody doing anything about strangers and, and all this that's coming about in our country. Now, just, just by news media, uh, every once in a while they'll say something honest or true, and most of the time it's not. But uh, they even said something about George Soros helping people. Well, why does our country allow a George Soros to help those people? Unless politicians are getting money from them too. But uh, you have those things coming on. 
we look at saying, what is going wrong with this country? They want to teach this gender evil that is not science at all in the schools. They want to indoctrinate your children beginning at four and five years old with that, by the way. And then in addition to that, uh, they're wanting to, and, and I say there, it's good to always identify there, it's our government and media and all and education and those who stand against what God stands for, what our word is, what truth is. I would say in addition to that, that as we look at the word of God and we look at the home as it disintegrates and falls apart, Yea, even in the homes of people who name the name of the Lord. When we look at churches and see what's going on in churches who seem to have preachers and others who condemn what were one time considered holiness and separation from the world as now evil, and a bad thing to have. I won't say who at this time, but I remember a preacher who was supposed to be strong on soul winning, building a great church, a nice church out in California and doing some other things, and then all of a sudden, he's down on things like sword of the Lord. He's down on things of Bible preaching and standards. Caught up, caught up by the false movements of the devil in our country. This affected so many. And I'm saying all of that to say this. We see the terrible conditions that so many of us have complained about in our country. We talk about prices going up and and. Uh, Inflation, we're talking about all the things that can happen and go wrong. And maybe it's because, and I think it is because, that Christians and the local churches are not willing to pay the price, which price is the only, only hope for salvation and deliverance. In verse 9, it said, except the Lord had left unto us a very small remnant. Now, to get the impact of those words, when David was king, Israel was the number one power in the world. And if you think God cannot judge even his own people when they go away from him, Look at the history of Israel and what happened. Fortunately, there was a remnant. And if it wasn't for a remnant being there, we should have been as Sodom. We should have been likened to Gomorrah. But there were still people that walked with God and kept that country from it. Stayed true to the word of the Lord. It would be much later 
when they would go into a 70-year captivity. We remember that when he said, likened to Sodom and likened to Gomorrah, what did God think of Sodom and Gomorrah? When his angels took on the form of men and went to Lot's house and they wanted to take those men out in their homosexual sexual deviation to do things to those men and they blinded those angels just blinded those men right there. But Sodom and Gomorrah, when they were judged, they are no longer a people. They are no longer in existence. People of Israel ought to get on their hands and knees every day and thank God for an Abraham, an Isaac, and a Jacob. Although the Bible tells us about their failures, men who didn't stay failed. They didn't stay down. They got up again. And they went after it. So we've said it in here before, and it's not original with me, but no failure needs to be fatal or final. A righteous man, having fallen seven times, can get up again. Those three men got up again, and God made a covenant with Abraham, and he passed it on down to Isaac. And then God passed it on down to Jacob, who is Israel. And in all three cases, it wasn't Abraham that passed it to Isaac. It wasn't Isaac that passed it to Jacob. It was God. We've had great church fathers in this country, not just at Central Baptist. When I think of Brother Faust and having, having had the privilege of getting to meet him and know him for a year or two before his death. He's a godly man. He's a good man. God gave us that. Gave Central Baptist Church that. But whatever Dr. Faust did doesn't count for today if we don't take up the mantle and go with it. That teaching. And when I think of that, what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, we're not like Israel that had the promise that God made to Abraham, the promise that God made to Isaac, the promise that God gave to Jacob, which was a continuing covenant with Israel from then on. One of the reasons I know that when I received Christ as my Savior, that my salvation was eternal, that it was secure, even if I mess up, even if I sin, run with reason, I have eternal security. Is that God said it was a forever covenant with Israel, and He made a forever covenant with me. Now, for that to lose, be lost, then God lied. And my friend, God, who cannot lie, never lies. However, when you become a child of God, Hebrews chapter 12 is very clear on that. You can come under the chastening and scourging of God. 
Israel found that out the hard way. Every Israelite that was born from the day of Abraham on still had to have a salvation experience with the Lord. They had to be saved by faith just like we are today. They had to look forward to a Messiah that was promised to come back in Genesis chapter 3 through the seed of a woman. We look back to what Christ did for us. They were looking forward to what Christ would do. They knew because God promised a Savior would come. And He does not lie. He sent a Savior. Lot, oh Lot, Lot was unable to get his other children and their families to come with them. When God was said, okay, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah tomorrow, they're going to lead, these angels are going to lead you out. Sodom would be destroyed. And Lot knew that. There's no doubt in his mind. He was ready to go with them. But he realized his family, perhaps not all of them were saved. Did he share the plan of salvation with them? He probably did. I don't know if he did or not. We're not told that he did or not. We're told that when he went to them, he seemed as one that mocked. Who is this guy? We know him. See, Lot was a saved man. Then that day came where Abraham said, uh, by the leading of the Lord, Lot, your herdsmen, my herdsmen aren't getting along. We're growing so big, we can't dwell together. Look out there, and you choose the land. I'll take what you don't take. Lot looks out into the well. Oh, the well-watered lands. Oh, my goodness. He looked at there and looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and saw all that was there. I'll go that way. I believe first he was thinking of his sheep. I think he was thinking of what he had. And he camps out on that land. But in time, he's living in Sodom and Gomorrah. Just like the contemporary movement of today, it has justified of being able to be this way now because we have liberty. Look, you've always had liberty to sin even when you were unsaved. That liberty was you make a choice. You make a choice to walk with God or not be a walk with God. You make a choice to receive Him or reject Him. You make a cho uh, choice, preachers make a, uh, a choice in their churches whether they're going to go contemporary or not, if they're going to go with the world or not, or they're going to obey Christ. They're going to obey the Word of God. And they're going to try to seek the command, Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Our, the church is to be a pillar and ground of the truth, the Word of God. And by the way, the local church, Jesus said it right because it's His finding. It's His discovery. It was His plan. It was his will. He said, upon this rock, what rock, Peter? Oh, no. Peter was a pebble. Upon this rock, Jesus Christ, the rock of ages. Upon this rock, he said, I will build my church. 
if our local church doesn't belong to Jesus Christ, I don't want to sit in it. We've got to be the church that the Lord by His Word has told us to be. And so, uh, we remember how God judged Sodom and Gomorrah. That destruction was very complete. There is no longer a people that have passed down from Sodom or Gomorrah. There are no descendants of them. It was destroyed completely. Lot was unable to get these children, their families, and so when he leaves the, that land in the morning, he only has a wife and two daughters going with him. His other daughters, children, and grandchildren, the grandchildren for him will die that morning. But they were offered a chance. They were offered an opportunity. You know what that tells me? That when a man stands before God that is unsaved at the white throne judgment, he can't blame the relatives or anybody else. He had a chance. Well, I don't know if Lot tried to lead his family to salvation and true commitment to Christ, but the truth of the matter is, only two daughters and his wife left with them. And evidently, if they were saved, they were saved so by fire. Lot's wife, her heart has so much turned to Sodom and Gomorrah She's also turned to that world that Lot, as her husband, led her to, and her heart is turned to that world. She was told not to turn around and look back, but she did, and she turns into a pillar of salt. And what's the result? Lot leaves Sodom. He's delivered. His two daughters are delivered. And Lot would spend the rest of his days in misery. There's sin with his two daughters. But notice what the Bible says about Lot in 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 6 through 10. Please listen as I read that to you. I believe that if you'll listen, it'll help you to understand what is happening in Israel in our text, although Sodom and Gomorrah was far ahead of that. It'll help you to know. In verse 6 of 2 Peter chapter 2, it says, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. There was already a testimony. Lot knew that story. His wife knew that story. Living ungodly has a price. Because you seem to get away with it at first doesn't mean that you've gotten away with it. And so, he should have known to live godly in Christ Jesus. But they should have known that. 
they left. But they are an example. Sodom and Gomorrah is an example to those that should actually live ungodly. Ungodliness is what brought the destruction of Israel. They turned from the things of God and what they didn't turn from. I mean, they kept the sacrifices. They kept some of those things. They kept the feast and the other things they had. Uh, but they brought what was contemporary to the world into it. And it brought the destruction. Such that God will judge them. And He does judge Israel. That's what is, Isaiah chapter 1 is telling Israel is going to happen to them. But we have the same warning to us. 1 Peter 4 and verse 17 tells us, Judgment begins at the house of God. This is His house, by the way. We should take heed to those Scriptures because they are for us as well. This Bible is an eternal book, not limited to Israel only. And He delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Have you ever, ever thought of what that word vexed means? I just kind of checked it out and it was defined in a couple different ways. To provoke, to irritate, to disquiet, to afflict. Lot. And delivered just Lot. Just there is not only, doesn't mean only. Just there means just. He was a saved man. Delivered just Lot. But see, when God saves a man, He puts in him. And there I'm not talking about the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about that righteousness, that Knowledge, that understanding of righteousness and true holiness and what's right and what's wrong. He puts that within them. They know it. And day by day, what God put in Lot, He was afflicting it by being part of the, wor <clears throat> part of the world and getting involved and in making His life worldly to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And he provoked God. Lot is called a just man. He's saved. That's the good thing. In verse 8, he says, For that righteous man, Lot? And he's still talking about Lot there. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Unlawful here has the idea they were breaking the Word of God, even though most of them probably weren't even familiar with the Word of God. Because there was Lot, a righteous man, a just man, who is not a light unto the world. He doesn't let that light shine. It affects his family. 
a Sodom and a Gomorrah are destroyed when God pours fire down from heaven. Kind of makes you think of when God comes back, when Christ comes back, the stars are falling. Talks about fire and as brimstone. And the shame of it all is that man has not learned from the past as Israel didn't. And God's people lack a belief in that to, to the point that they won't warn people of what's coming. You see, what happened with Lot, he got used to living and doing the things of the world. He got used to their standards. He got used to their ways. And he shut down the righteousness that God had worked in him. He abandoned morals. He abandoned standards. He abandoned righteousness. And that will bring the judgment of God on a believer. Now keep it in mind, Psalms chapter 145 and verse 17 tells us that the Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. I've heard well-known men say, I, he wouldn't be a good God if there's a hell. You know one story we have of the man, the rich man that was in hell? He sure wanted to keep his brothers from coming to that place. He wanted them to be saved. And he said, he was told, well, they have Moses and the prophets. They have the word of God. They can get saved. But they reject it just like he did. You reject it. You see, you say, well, one day all of us are going to die. That's true. Unless we're raptured. But unless you're going to try to kill yourself, you don't know the day you're going to die. It could be today. Well, I didn't plan it. No, you didn't plan it, but it may be today. Are you ready to meet the Lord? If you think there's no problem with rock music in your church, women dressed immodestly, moving their bodies in unholy ways in the house of God, and doing God's work in that manner, you don't understand judgment. Look, putting a group up here on the platform, dressing some guys and girls like Ken and Barbie, is not going to bring salvation. With them moving around, showing all the flesh they can show. It does not bring salvation. Our problem is today, across the board, preachers too, that there is a great, great lack of understanding the holiness and righteousness of our Lord. If they understood, they would never abandon standards and they would never corrupt the local church. Now look, this 
social drinking, woke church movement will bring the judgment of God upon it. You may think, oh, that's not going to happen. And I think people have to convince themselves that's not going to happen. Though Lot learned the hard way. You may be saved from sin, from the penalty of eternity in the hell, but that doesn't save you from the loss of reward, the chastening, the scourging, and the destruction of your family. And what's happened is that when you go that way, you have become a disciple of Lot. Saved, but as the Bible would later describe, saved so as by fire. What is it going to do when it comes down to yourself? What will it bring upon you? You think of the family there of Lot again. So far from God. Oh, Lot got out there at least with two of his daughters. See, he got their bodies out of Sodom and Gomorrah, but he didn't get the evil out of them. So what do they do? They go to a mountain. His daughters say, look, everybody's dead back there. Instead of saying, we need to go to the people of God where Abraham is. Let's get dad drunk tonight. They get their dad drunk. One one night, one the other night. The next night, they're both with child from their own dad. Incest. He's too drunk to know what he's doing. And what comes out of that? Moab and Ammon, who will be a thorn to all Israel. They still rebel against righteousness. We don't hear a whole lot more about Lot, only that he was a saved man. But he vexed his soul. And yet he was able to harden himself against all of that unrighteousness. When you abandon that, you begin to satisfy the, the corrupt desires, the fleshly desires of the flesh. Because everybody else is doing it in the world. Just because judgment isn't immediate does not mean it's not going to come. Usually what that means is God is giving a chance to repent, to get right with Him. And when you abandon what's right to satisfy the flesh, there's a problem. Now I'm going to say this to you parents, I'm going to say it without apology. If you've abandoned having daily devotions with your children, 
get back to it. Don't help your children to hell. Parents, if you don't have your own time in the Word of God, alone, praying, seeking to do His will, and saying, Lord, whatever you show me, I will do it. Whatever you want me to do, let me know. Make it clear my heart and mind, and I will do it. And if you won't have that heart, you won't have that mind. Don't expect to have power with God when your child is in trouble. Well, I'll go to the preacher about it. I might be your preacher. It might be some other man that you know that walks with God. But if God put those children and that family in your hands, it's not their prayer he's looking for, it's your prayer. That preacher is praying for you to get right with God. Have devotions with your family. Do all for God's glory. And for the safety of your family. And that calls for you dads to be a man in your home. Don't get caught up in this transgender stuff. You get caught up in the transgender and now you're letting uh, the world determine what a home's supposed to be. Look, no matter how much religious psychology says, okay, now you've got to let the wife tell you what to do. You've got to let her tell you how we're going to raise kids. You've got to let, no, you get the word of God out and say, honey, this is how the Bible says we're going to raise our children. And you get on that page together. God pity the woman that will try to take that authority that God has placed on her husband and try to take it away from him and corrupt it that she might somehow make herself popular with her children and grandchildren. When it comes out, you're going to be responsible as a wife that helped to send your children and grandchildren to hell. It's time to wake up. You see, don't be a disciple of Lot. Be a man or woman of God. That's the difference. Lot had to find out the price of disobedience. I don't want anybody to have to find that out. You know, we use two verses in this chapter that I'm going to read now. Usually when we're talking about salvation. But when we're looking at the subject of this chapter, we're seeing the sin of a nation. In verse 18 he says, Come now, and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Now, I, this is just an aside note. I remember years ago when Lyndon Johnson took over as President of the United States. And he would say, as the prophet Isaiah said, Come now and let us reason together. And that's where he'd stop. He would never say, saith the Lord. It wasn't Isaiah that said it. It is Isaiah who wrote the words of the Lord down. It was the Lord that said it. Now, I'm not condemning LBJ for that. I'm just saying that he got it wrong. But God's people should know better. People who have the word of God should know better. So, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. 
<clears throat> Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. The red light districts of town, oh, we look down upon that, don't we? But though your sins be as scarlet, red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God can save those people. He can cleanse them. I don't care if they were involved in pornography, did pornography, whatever. God can save their souls and cleanse them and make them instruments of righteousness and servants of his own. They can be saved, but wouldn't it be good if they heard the gospel from us first? That they may know how to be saved? But my friend, if you're not sure if you died today that heaven's your home, you're looking back at the past and you say, I've done that, I've done that. And God wouldn't want to save me. Though your sins be as scarlet. You've heard preachers and you've heard others say, oh, my heart was black with sin. No, it was red with sin, scarlet. It was red like crimson. But it took the red blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us. And so he says, if, if is a conditional word. It sets up a condition for us. Okay. So again, he says, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. Now, a lot of times we look at the good of the land as our produce of our land and its food and other things and the financial incomes. Oh, but I want to eat of the good of that land of that heavenly home. The manna of heaven. The marriage feast of the lamb. And oh, God left hope for everybody. Ending the book of Revelation, chapter 22, verse 17. Yea, whosoever will, let him come. And drink of the water of life freely. He will save you if you'll just come to him. You have a Bible reason that you know if you die today, heaven's your home? If not, make sure today. Christian dad, Christian mom. Let me say this as well. Christian teenager. You will give an account of yourselves to God. Blaming others won't work at the judgment seat of Christ. If others follow your example and live the way you live, will they be in heaven or hell? Will they hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Or saved so as by fire? What is it? I can't look at your heart. I don't see the day-to-day, -day, but God does. Right now, it's time to do business with God. Let's bow our heads, please.